0: yes
1: profanity (laughs) yes no
0: Dakota after dark so I say go for it if they tell us not to
1: okay we'll have a do it. all right right? I'll I'll try my best to watch it but I thought probably want to check that also
0: lewdness (laughs) well let's keep all our shirts on the first episode see where it goes
1: (laughs) that I can promise that won't get us anywhere um this is you know not only fans. we're not there yet. so. Oh, yeah.
2: will you but, guys, I can't, I
0: can't unring the bell. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> I mean, what do you want from me?
1: Never say never, okay? <laughs> I have a
0: respectable eight-inch inseam on my shorts even, so this is, this is PG. I did not know where exactly. that was going at all. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Started. Yeah. We are good. So, well, good. Well, I think we should officially start. Okay. Off we go. Uh, oh, cool. Welcome to episode one of North Dakota After Dark. Real big thank you to Pulltab Sports for giving three upper middle class white people the chance to have their voices heard. We have a real diverse crew here, all different parts of Grand Forks. We've got North End, South End, and somebody from the wrong side of Columbia. Yeah. So really, we can really provide a real distinct set of voices to the local National and international hockey scene uh let's do some introductions we have Corey Erian with us from the wrong side of Columbia he's in the hat I'm and the here he uh, just came back from an attack on the Death Star so still wearing oh, his head here and we have Kelly Moreland from Riverside welcome Kelly and Corey
1: coming in from the hood
0: yeah <laughs> wow, is this an, a video as well as an audio presentation or do they just get to hear your sultry voice? We are going to give them the option. Ooh, tough so tough. if you want to watch us in video, you can do that. If you want to watch us in your car, I don't recommend the video, but I'm also uh, a big believer in that anything the government offers us in terms of laws should be just viewed as a suggestion.
1: Exactly.
0: So uh, now that you've joined us, The basic premise of our podcast is it's called North Dakota After Dark. Uh, We are all hockey parents. We're going to try and provide a perspective on hockey in and out of North Dakota from a parents' perspective. So we'll cover local hockey, we'll cover high school hockey, youth hockey, NHL, junior hockey, whatever comes across our plate. Uh, I really like to commend ourselves for starting this podcast two or three days after the culmination of the NHL season. So really good timing on our parts. But here we are. So
2: just to check, we're not going to talk any baseball in North Dakota.
0: You can squeeze it in if you can. Okay, just, just can check work in there. Yeah, yeah. In I feel like I season. came in the wrong attire. <laughs> so, I'm also wearing a baseball shirt. And I think the big thing to consider here is that if you can make a baseball analogy, I say, go for it. I can do that. Okay. Absolutely. So great. So again, we have, uh, we all known each other here for a little while. I think rather than do the complete origin story, I think we should tell that periodically through a series of vignettes as the podcast goes along, do little flashbacks. We'll, we'll do a fade to black. We'll do a, you know, maybe a little, um, a little scene where we can tell where this all originated from. But I think in order to give everyone the most bang for the buck, we can jump right into it. Corey, your thoughts on the Stanley cup final.
2: Uh, they're done. Excellent. Um, <laughs> we can get on to the greater, better part of baseball season, which is almost done, but no, it's a, I, you know, it's, I, I think you only get to be the Cinderella story so long before, uh, a team that's probably got a deeper roster construction and is going to set up and eventually they're going to take over and Vegas out of that series probably should have won.
0: You know, I think so too. I think the big thing, um, to consider there's Vegas was sort of built for this playoff run, obviously. Florida, despite being a President's Trophy winner a year ago, uh, faltered a little bit this season. They found their form early on, and and did, they really did well for themselves. I think injuries caught up to them. I think, uh, as you said, Vegas was just maybe eventually just a little too much for them.
2: Kelly, how does your cat feel about that?
1: Listen, um, I can't be the unbiased voice in this because Las Vegas is my team. So I'm going to gloat all the way. It's my favorite city in the world. And they're, so they're just kind of a shoe in for my favorite team. So I'm ecstatic that Vegas won. Um, I wanted them badly to beat the Capitals in their inaugural season, but I have to say the caps kind of had them. That wasn't probably going to work out. So to see them find this success. I was really excited. And I was just in Las Vegas last week and they were on the road at that time. But, um, it's to say it's Las Vegas, Nevada. It's, it's an amazing hockey town. People love the golden Knights. It was, um, lots of energy, tons of Vegas gear. Um, people were really excited about it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a little biased. So I uh, I was very, very excited to see them win. Um and I'm not sad to say that I was a little pleased that it was a thrashing. Sorry, this guy's never gonna leave me alone. So he's part of it now. But that's just
0: fine. We'll uh, put a disclaimer <laughs> at the end that no pets were harmed during the making of the yeah,
2: yep.
1: podcast Absolutely. mascot. Yep. So uh I I'm ecstatic. I thought it was wonderful. I I thought it was a fun playoff run. Um, I think that Vegas just just brought it they really really did it was a uh their chemistry as a team I think was really good and you could see that and um so I was pleased I, I I have to say it's a your team doesn't always win and especially a six-year-old team but uh and I was blown away that the creepiness of the prediction of their GM on predicting that they would win it in 2023 that's very odd. I'd like to ask if he is a time traveler and if he has any lottery number recommendations. So you know,
0: I've spent time in his suite uh, in Brandon, and he was not the same prognosticator that he is now. <laughs> he would often forget that we were coming to the game. So <laughs> you know, I wouldn't put too he's much. He's not a young stock. guy. Oh, he's not yeah. certainly not a young guy, but oh, yeah, you guys are here. Yeah. Uh, quick myth busting. Do all Canadians know all Canadians? Is that how that works? There are a few out there we've yet to meet, but it's... I was going to say, that is kind BS. of the
1: rumor. Yeah.
0: yeah I, Anytime yeah. I see a dude in bedazzled jeans at Target, I know I probably know <laughs> <that one. laughs> <That's-> Welcome, <laughs> Sean. my people. Is that yeah. with or without the tap-out shirt? Uh, with a tap-out shirt, also frosted tips. <laughs> frosted Just sorry to... Uh, you know, yeah. we're six minutes in now, and I think it's time to break out the law school analogies. That's the three point oh. test for Canadians. When well,
1: we were in uh Winnipeg recently, um, now Matt didn't get this reference, you guys might not either. Girls will probably get it more, but uh I saw someone wearing a Bon Dutch trucker hat, and I said, We're not in Winnipeg, we traveled back to 2005. This is a time portal. Oh. And um, I I feel really strongly about that theory that I had. So and have you and no then, mic-
0: my brother still has two <laughs> an evening wear and a regular wear von dutch hat
1: absolutely as one does so as one does you know matt did not get that reference he's like what do you mean von dutch and i'm like i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna do this with you if you don't get it it's boy, do
2: i so. feel left out at this point i have no idea what a von dutch trucker hat is um, what and
0: i'm gonna fish
1: 2005
0: Corey, scroll back. Hey, find your phone, open it up, and see if you have any Paris Hilton photos on there from your young. Right. Ah, Thank you, Kyle.
1: You got it. Yeah. Matt didn't, Corey, it's okay. Matt didn't get it either, but I'm like, it's been a while since I've seen it.
2: And that's why I like your husband. He knows the things (laughs) that I know and nothing more.
0: (laughs) And to tease it Uh, out a little bit, I think, you know, Kelly jumped ahead, but Matt Moreland is going to be our episode two guest talking about all things North Dakota high school hockey. So we will press him on that Von Dutch knowledge or lack that of reference yeah. yeah maybe we should do a little quiz show at the end of uh episode two
1: well and i'm I'm hoping that he maybe went home and and looked into it so he could understand because like i said he was around for this it uh it just he just missed the details Corey, you were there too i know you were there in 2005
2: so i will not be looking up that reference <laughs> once you say paris hilton you lost me like uh now, now kyle though Matthew yeah. Kitchuck, he, gets, he doesn't get hurt Things
0: changed? I don't think so. I think Florida was just out of gas. And and you know, one of the questions yeah. I wanted to ask Kelly is, you know, Vegas was significantly over the cap. It's a, a tactic that Tampa's employed in the past. Just too many weapons there. And I think Kachuk or no Kachuk. I think that was a foregone conclusion.
1: Well, and Kachuk was he was playing with a broken sternum, yeah. I heard. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a disadvantage too when it's someone who is, you know they, they needed to They just did. And so I I read the story about his brother helping him out of bed that morning, you know, because I'm, that's, that's a tough way to go into a finals game.
0: It is now Corey, um, to give you a chance to speak baseball, how many years would you be on the DL for a broken sternum in baseball? Uh, the the last game, you're fine.
2: (laughs) Rub some dirt on it. Let's go.
0: You're okay. Six to nine years on the DL. You can
2: swing with that. Come on.
0: Yeah.
1: So and I Let's I love, I'm a nerd for like statistics and so I I love to hear all of that but even to um hear about stone with the hat trick in the clinching game and that hasn't happened in 101 years. 1922 was the last time that happened and I like statistics like that. I think that's really interesting and uh so it, I don't know exciting all around. I really I liked i I thought it was good i I did feel for Florida because I um but Vegas came in really hot. They just did. They were riding a lot of energy and it, I it I think they 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 were uh the one the team to win it. so
0: now straw poll quickly while I have you both here. uh Mark Stone, ugliest guy in hockey. yeah <laughs> your name. Ugliest guy yeah. ever? Ugliest guy today? Currently. <laughs> okay. Um,
1: he's got to be up there for ugliest guy in hockey. And I feel very bad. I do. But I, I made the exact statement to my kids when we were watching that game. He hoisted the cup. And I go, oh, look at him. And Mace goes, you think he's cute, mom? I go, he resembles uh, a caveman very strongly. I said, so no. I said, I, I don't. Uh, but uh it's uh lucky for stone not a beauty contest uh, right. and point. so but uh yeah he, it's it's caveman vibes that uh that stone gives
0: fair hey, fair enough uh, another fun fact both owners in the stanley cup final are graduates of west point
1: really see it's those facts that i like i like there all of those you know useless facts uh that that no one asks but i i want to know them so but now,
0: but now you know
1: now I know. Now I know. I, yeah. I'm
2: sorry, you got me checked out now. So now I'm looking at ugliest NHL players of all time, <laughs> and I've become completely disinterested in whatever you people have to say. So clearly, There's
1: there some... is a beauty contest. If this is an actual Ooh, talk, just, you know, right. on online,
2: go to Google and hit those old images because we can pull up some names here. That'll be a real good use of our Instagram account. I, I, I would know. also nominate. Bowling?
1: Alex Ovechkin I, I'm sorry the guy is a phenom is he good looking no
2: <laughs> there's gotta
0: be a no Russians deal right <laughs>
1: yeah, I know they're not coming in with the pretty the, the the um as my husband said because when my son asked if stone was attractive and I said no I said but Marcheseau that's a different story and uh Matt goes it's the little French guys they're just handsome and I'm like I think you're on to something there and really I really do
0: to jump on that are point, I think some... what we should do is we should lop off the French at the top, Russians <laughs> at the bottom, and just give everybody a chance. Oh, uh, we're not grading this on a curve, Kyle. Like, yes. You know what, Corey, I don't even know, you know uh, despite being a uh, adjunct professor at the University of North Dakota, I don't even know what that means.
1: <laughs>
0: the that Swedes doesn't... are going to
1: rank high too. They're just a beautiful people, you know what I mean? It's, it's So they're always the, all the Scandinavian countries are going to come in really high as well. They just come like looking like they were Chiseled by the hand of God, out to play a game
0: of hockey. So, a hey, fair point. One of the yeah. uh, long-running threads um, in how our lives have been woven together here thus far um, is snickerdoodles. Corey, if you had to guess, what do you think a Swede's opinion is on a snickerdoodle? The proper recipe. Opinion. A Swede's opinion.
2: I'm sorry, you you you've managed to pull my attention away from ugly hockey players. This this <laughs> search of all time. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention now. I don't know what a Swede would think of Snickerdoodle, but as I've mentioned many, many times, a Snickerdoodle is by far a second tier uh, potluck bar. If if you're going to bring it, it's the the tier two of the good uh, chocolate and cereal uh, caramel and goodness mashed together. It's just it's unfortunate. Light, no density. You want a special K bar. It's uh, it's the ugly stepsister of uh, dessert bars.
0: Like the Nanaimo bar in Canada. I don't know what you're talking about. Pure garbage. Yeah,
1: what explain. I, I'm gonna need you to die. Da- so say that name one more time. What are they called?
0: Nanaimo, which is a city in British Columbia. <laughs> There's chocolate, garbage, and chocolate. They seem to be popular in some circles. I think it's this really popular. used to me. Yeah.
1: I'm learning yeah. I'm learning new things. But um I'm now I'm intrigued. So now I will be, the next time I'm in Canada, I will be pursuing this.
0: I tell um, you once you yeah, cross 49, go to any co-op in any small town and you'll find a little dish of them and a little reused styrofoam dish wrapped in plastic made by someone's grandma for
1: $2.99. But that's that's usually a winning combination right there. And you had me made, made by surprised. someone's grandma.
0: You'd be surprised. So,
1: well, and I'm surprised that these are not a North Dakota known thing because, I mean, granted, we're not Canada, but we're nestled really close. So certainly- It's hard, certain... stop,
0: hard stop on desserts
2: at the border. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go with you, Kyle, because nothing in Canada for desserts makes sense. So if you if you go to an AW restaurant in the States and you ask for a root beer float, they will give you a scoop of ice cream and they will put root beer on. If you go to mm-hmm. Canada, they will give you a frozen hockey puck and they will put that into your cup and then pour it in. Kyle, explain. Why do I get a frozen hockey puck in Canada? I'm just uh, to well.
0: So Canada is very uh, progressive. So they're really big on recycling. So that is a recycling <laughs> program for Canadians. Saving the planet one used hockey puck at a time.
1: They're very green. I will very say green. that much, much more concern for the planet than the United States. My Another- truck's
0: running right now.
1: Now, Kyle, I need to know if you were aware of this because I this was another culture shock for me. We went to a restaurant in Winnipeg, and my children ordered Shirley Temples, and a Shirley Temple Did in Canada in is not it's not the same thing. They put orange juice in their Shirley Temples. It is grenadine sprite orange juice and this was shocking and I had one kid that liked it and one kid that didn't but I did not know that Shirley Temple's had
0: a cultural difference north of the border. Well listen (laughs) it's a gateway drink right so they can start drinking Mai Tais or something sugary coolers something like that at 14 or 15 by the time they graduate to that tier two hockey Corey mentioned they can be into the real stuff so you really got to uh, mentally prepare them.
1: Well, and that's kind of a virgin sex on the beach, isn't it? Um, to to prepare it that way. But when they set it down in front of my kids, I'm like, what what could this be? So I Googled it and sure enough, not the same. Not does not translate. Wow. Shirley Temples.
2: Right. Canada right. is the Who Wisconsin knew? of the United States. So it's the same thing there. <laughs> go go to Wisconsin and order yourself an old fashioned Kyle and they, the the horrors that they do to that is just something you don't want to see.
0: I, I, I will not the Smirch, Wisconsin, because that is where I found beatboxes and brought them back to North Dakota <laughs> and kept true. all the moms south of 32. happy. And for an Spotted Cow.
1: Year. That's pretty Thanks. good, too. I can't knock them. They, they're onto something there.
0: But oh, Another straw poll. Spotted Cow, real deal, or just popular because it's hard to get? Corey? I'll be honest with you. Spotted Cow,
2: overrated good solid beer but you can find quite a few better beers and so I I prefer I would refer to it more as a regional delicacy than mm-hmm. an actually great beer
1: spotted cow is smart because it's created exclusivity it's you can't get it anywhere else so it's a novelty and then you do and I agree I like it um but I, I I'm, I'm with Corey on this one I don't think it's the greatest beer I've ever had, but I I do enjoy it when when in Wisconsin. So
2: when
0: in Rome, it does Roman too? Do. <laughs> Corey, there's yeah. a really great uh, actually one of our sister podcasts broadcast out of a nice little distillery in Hudson, Wisconsin. Did you ever have the opportunity to go to a, um, a distillery over in Hudson, Wisconsin? You know, I, I had the
2: opportunity one time, Kyle, and I, okay. unfortunately, as all things in my life, my children got in the way of that opportunity. <laughs> and I did, I had to politely pass. Now, Kyle, have you ever been to a distillery? I, have
0: I, have. I, I did have the opportunity to go to the fine distillery in Hudson, Wisconsin. Um, the gentlemen there also have a fine podcast on this network, so I encourage everyone to check that out. Very good drinks. No spotted cow, but 12 different old fashions.
1: Bold choice in Wisconsin. No spotted cow, but I suppose you want people to drink your beer, not someone
0: else's. So. Right. So... I'm gonna shift gears briefly. Corey, you mentioned two things in passing with my grap-like mine grab. One, you said tier two, and then you also said children. So I quiggled on to both of those. Now, in order to bring this back to hockey, the North American League just had their draft uh Wednesday, yesterday. Only one North Dakotan selected in the fourth round, a Grand Forks High School player. And the USHL is currently having camp. So both of you guys obviously have. Kids playing hockey, and core, You've got one a little little older that's getting closer to this age. What is your take on the current setup of tryout camps in Tier One and Tier Two junior hockey in the U.S. Pro or con? Oh, good question. Uh, well, I gotta be honest
2: with you. Uh, my son actually skipped out on the North Dakota level um, try or, I should say developmental camp series because we're in the midst of baseball season and tearing him away from baseball is like tearing me away from ice cream. It's not going to happen. But the, so are we talking about the tryouts for the team making or the building as they go through into the USA feeder
0: programs? So a a, a little uh, more on, on the, more on the team level at the USHL and the North American league. So a lot of consternation post draft about kids not selected, the system that is currently in place, where you know you'll have a a tryout camp with you know eight or ten teams, so you know several hundred kids competing for spots that may not even exist on the team. So a tryout with no prize at the end, essentially. So there's starting to be a little bit of a, I think, if uh, and Twitter's real life, I, I I assume you can we can both agree a little bit of a Twitter pushback from parents on value of these camps? And I was curious to get your perspective.
2: The value of anything is what you believe the value out of it is, right? So the biggest fallacy in in sports and parenting is the belief that your kids should be in sports because this is going to be their pay for my school or become anything other than a hobby to teach you about life, right? So my personal view on all these things are Sports are meant to teach you the greater parts of working towards adulthood, right? You got the competition, you've got the battle, the work through it, the everything isn't always perfect, these things. When you start to look at these higher tiers, for me as a parent, if my child qualifies for this and has an opportunity to try out, the tryout itself is the opportunity. What comes out of that can't be the goal. It certainly can be the child's goal, right? The child could be, hey, I want to be a Team USA developmental player. These are the things I want to work for. And me as a parent, I want to support that. But for me, I can't have that goal. And I can't be the Twitter voice. Well, this isn't working out because I have this and that. Because once you start to personalize someone else's dream, then we become the narrative of these things. And that's where you start to see this Twitter hate build. Sure, you might go to a camp. Let's say there's one spot available for 250 kids. Well, that's one spot, right? You, It is what it is. I guess Kelly. that's my personal
0: feeling. Oh. Corey, I catch you up. Kelly, rebut. No, I, I was done. It's going on and on like I love to do.
1: No, I, I do agree with Corey. I think that there's probably some value in it. I can see I see where there are parents who are frustrated, um, just because there is there is a money-making nature to these camps. And so, you know, there are there are kids that are going to be invited that they're well aware are going to be paying. Paying for a spot, not likely to be considered. But I do agree with Corey that I think that um, hockey is full of a lot of Cinderella stories. And I think that, um, you know, you have to be discriminating. I don't think it's probably a great idea to be in every single thing that you're invited to. I think that that can be mentally exhausting to kids, physically exhausting um, and, you know, a little defeating. But I agree. I think that um, these opportunities only arise if you get out there show what you have. Um, And I think that you, you might surprise yourself and even surprise people who are watching you. Um, You know, hockey has a political side to it. There isn't any getting around it. It's frustrating. Um, But there, you know, there's also a lot of stories of up and comers that nobody saw coming. And development peaks at so many different levels. So I, I do think that there's value in it. I think that you have to be a little discriminating, um, you know, realizing that maybe something is not a good choice for you or your kid. Uh, but I do think that getting yourself out there um, and pushing and working um, ultimately, you know, will bring will bring some success, hopefully, or or at least open a few doors that maybe you weren't even
0: aware of. I think that's a good point too, and the one counterpoint I wanted to make about some of the the, the detractors, is that I understand the money. I know there are some families that will you know go to eight or nine camps over the course of a summer, and you know by that point you're talking several thousand dollars. With say a four hundred dollar camp fee plus travel and hotels, it, it does add up. Obviously, their choice; they don't have to go. Um, the teams do make money on it. That's that money is often used to finance you know or pay the salaries of the assistant coaches or or whatnot um so so again there's a financial aspect you can't get around that the flip side to it if those camps weren't there a lot of these junior teams would not exist so you kind of have to play the game to keep them around otherwise the whole system collapses so it's a an imperfect way to do things i think the silver lining Uh, being that it's tough to make a lot of... So they often say the USHL is the hardest junior league in the world to make. Only 16 teams. A lot of kids already committed to college will get cut. So there's not a lot of value to me in going to more than one when you're a younger person or still in high school, for example. But So the point I'm trying to make here is I think it's encouraging a lot of kids to stay in high school or stay at the level that is appropriate for them until later ages and reconfiguring a system where kids are staying at home and playing hockey at home a little longer, which is obviously will please a lot of people in Minnesota, but I think it's uh, generally a good thing, not only for hockey, but I think for a lot of young men. And, and I guess increasingly, you know, w- with women's junior hockey burgeoning as well, good thing to have these young people at home longer.
1: I agree. It tends to kind of be the trend too. I, you know, I, you see less and less of people leaving Early. I remember when my husband, Matt, played high school hockey, that would have been early 2000s. And it wasn't uncommon for a freshman in high school to go play juniors. That's less common now. You don't hear about that quite as much. I don't personally think that that's a bad thing. I think that um, mental maturity, physical maturity, and I don't think um, there's anything bad with, like you said, playing at the age level that you are. There's obviously the kids that will excel in they they should be pushed up to those higher levels but i think it kind of makes it interesting i'm a huge high school hockey fan i i just love watching and i i don't even have to know who's playing i think it's a really fun level to watch but it's nice when it's not too watered down it it's um it gives more substance to high school hockey and i think i that's one happy side effect i think is that you're just seeing um uh just a higher level of competition, which for North Dakota is really great, because I right. think that that um, has always kind of been, you know, one of the points where people are like, oh, well, you know, yeah, they won a high school com- uh, a championship, but it was the North Dakota high school championship. Right. And, you know, I can even see where people, you know, it's, it's hard to compete against Minnesota. Minnesota has so many more kids, so many more teams. But, you know, North Dakota has teams that when they're matched against these Minnesota teams, they beat them. So um I like it. I really like to see that um level of competition rising, not so many kids leaving to go play juniors um and, and not having so many 15-year-olds in juniors. You know, I I don't know. My opinion is that it's a good thing um to keep kids um except, you know, barring the the prodigies.
0: Right. Yeah, fair <laughs> point. Now now Corey, you have a an older an older son that's you know coming up to this age group. And I think I would really encourage parents to look at a player's or their son or, I guess, daughter daughter's maturity. Now, for you, what would be, hypothetically, what would be a deciding factor for you should your older son have an interest or an opportunity to leave home before high school's over? Or, or would it be a hard no from your family, to put you on the spot?
2: No, you're, I don't believe in hard no's. I believe in understanding situations, right? The first thing's got to be, is this the kid wanting to do it, right? Is this this what the child wants to do? Like, let's say my my son wanted to go off and play hockey because this is what he wanted his life to lead towards. If he had the skills and ability to do it, it's something I would certainly consider, right? Because why wouldn't you? If I told you, if I told most parents right now, listen, your son is a credible, a certified genius, let's say, right? And we're going to take this child and send him off to a school where he can use his genius and we can culture it and take it further. I think most parents would jump at that. So now we take that apart and say, oh, but this is sport, right? Why is that different? If the child has a skill and the want to proceed with that skill, that's something I would want to support as a parent. Now, that's easy to say until you understand the situation, the cost, and, you know, let's just say a 15-year-old kid not living with me be a bit of a culture shock for everybody involved. But I don't think you can ever say hard no to an opportunity until you've looked at it and said, is this what's in the best interest of my child and what they wanna do? The the flip side of that is always the statement of, everything has a beginning and an end. Sports will begin for you and sports will always end. Tom Brady had to retire, the rest of us will too. So every kid should have the understanding of this is something you're doing, it's what you get to do now as a privilege. It's not guaranteed, it's not promised, and there's nothing promised after this. So attack the animal like that, and if this is what you wanna do and it works out for the family, and that individual person's circumstances go nuts.
0: All right, I'd, I'd just like to really briefly, one, commend you on your answer, but two, remind you this is North Dakota After Dark and these reasonable answers are not going to fly forever. <laughs> oh, you want me to right. be belligerent. I want you to go <laughs> off the handle, son. <laughs> I can be belligerent, right?
1: I've been nor- I've been known to form a pink. Um, that's been something that I, I do. Uh, so I, I also can do that, so... You're, you're right. This is slightly too reasonable. Slightly
0: well, too reasonable.
2: You, you yeah. got to dip yeah. your toe in for the first one. You you can't jump fully into <laughs> it because then then people know you. You got to you got to bring them in real
0: close. Right. And then once you got them there, be like, all right, now this well, is who I am. It's Corey, I'm going to use another pop culture reference. I hope you get it, but this is sort of like the Ross and Rachel of our times. Will they, won't leave. You know yeah. what I mean?
2: Yeah. Right.
0: So we, yeah. We got to leave it uh, leave it up in the air when Corey's going to.
2: When I go full Corey. So you never go
0: full Corey, full Corey. in the first episode. <laughs> the first episode. Really, really prescient stuff. I, I, I appreciate that. Other hockey topics you guys want to hit today.
2: Kelly, any other Vegas related hockey thoughts you have? I, I, am always interested to hear about how your hometown Vegas goes. <laughs> well,
1: it was good. You know, the problem is, is that I didn't, um, I, the 72 hours that I spent there this last weekend, um, I didn't see very much outside of the casino floor. Um, But the, you know, the the people I interacted with, lots of Vegas Golden Knights presence, um, lots of gear, lots of parties, uh, reference to just how well Vegas was doing. They're a very proud hockey town. Like I said, I mean, That's what I gathered from inside the casino. (laughs) Mm. But that's, you know, that's, that's my, that's my happy spot. So, but uh, yeah, no, just, I, I was, I was, I was pleased with the outcome, but like I said, it's, it's maybe, it's easier to uh, talk about when Vegas isn't your favorite team. And I know a lot of people were um, talking about how insufferable Vegas will be now, because they accomplished it as a new franchise. So that um, several I saw several uh, memes referring to having to hear about this for the next four months and how how disgusting it'll be. But I'm on board for it because for the next four months, um, like I said, uh, it's my favorite city. If I uh if I was a city, it would be Las Vegas. So um Golden Knights are my team. So
2: I didn't that, notice. Yeah, I mean, describing... but that's also
1: you gotta love a city as delightfully tacky and that embraces drinking. All day, all places, and that there is no inappropriate time to be gambling. There just isn't. I really appreciate that.
0: Real Tyler. quick sidebar, Corey. If you were a city, what city would you be? Oh, Minnesota. Constantly, <laughs> the constantly.
2: That's no, state no, no, no. Corey. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the whole state. But if you want to go city? Let's go Minneapolis, right? Minneapolis Twin Cities area, because you're just constantly disappointing people all the time. That's me, <laughs> nutshell. Wow. I That's was wondering
1: good. how you were gonna say you identified with Minneapolis because yeah, right uh, it's a constant. You know, but right there, yeah, it's the it's the the build up of the letdown. Yeah, it's it's, a,
2: what it, you're it's so great, and you're like no, no, it was, it was it was I had a horrible weekend. It was Yeah,
1: awful. yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it wasn't awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah no. I tell you, that's really fantastic. Now, just to keep on the Vegas scene just for a few minutes longer. Fast forward to say October of 2023. Is Vegas the most hated team and fan base in the NHL?
1: Oh, probably, probably. But they're intense. I mean, I loved. I now, granted, I I don't know that I would have. Um, I missed it by a week. They were in Florida while I was there. But even the scene outside of the arena, I just really loved that. I mean, they, they're they're. They bring it, the the Vegas fans. They have a just tremendously loyal fan base. And um, so, yes, they're going to come in a hated team. I mean, that's uh, – it's they're, – they're young to the party, and they've already got a Stanley Cup championship under their belt. So, you know, Arizona is going to be feeling a little bad about themselves. So – and that's just going to happen.
2: I was just going to say, whoever – Gives Evander Kane a contract is probably the most hated <laughs> hockey club in the
0: NHL. Long term in Edmonton, <laughs> found a home.
1: Yes, I know. We, I, I, I even considered how insensitive that was because I, I, and granted, Kyle, I love Las Vegas, but will I love to see McDavid a Stanley Cup champion? Yes. Question:
2: I, Who gets one first, Bedard or McDavid? Mm, he's McDavid. going to Chicago overall. You know he will.
1: Yo, for sure. I mean, but I, my if I was going to pick McDavid, I I he's just you know I he's he's got to get one. You know, and, and in my opinion, he's going to go down as just you know one of the greats. So um, McDavid's my pick over
0: Bedard. I think Edmonton has a window of five years, and I don't think Bedard's window will open. Till five years hence, Chicago needs, Chicago needs some work,
1: yeah, right. and he's young, I mean, look at even Eichel, um, I mean, there are people saying, you know, oh, his first Stanley Cup run, and he wins, but it took a little while, you know, I mean, and he came in, hot new kid, um, now, granted, he, he got there, but, and I, I don't begrudge him that, he's fantastic, but, um, it, uh, it, there's growing pain, you know, um, but Bedard'll have them too. It it's uh, it's it I, I always say it's so interesting to watch an NHL hockey game because you're watching the best play the best. And um even in the Stanley Cup run, I mean, it it seems to come down to whose goalie can stand on their head. And Aiden Hill was standing on his head. I mean, he some of the stops he made were they just defied physics. Uh,
0: Jack Eichel hot. Or not oh. using markstone as your measuring stick.
1: No, oh, though that curly hair is just not helping, I call. It's just not. Um, fabulous athlete, modeling career, just down the tube. So happen. he's he should probably stick to hockey. You know, I your mean, he, he, the the silver lining is he'll marry a supermodel. But um, no, not not a handsome fella. It's, Corey,
0: any different
2: thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say, I will agree with whatever Kelly says on the topic. It feels <laughs> So safe. what if he put on a blonde Ooh. <laughs> That's different.
1: Ties it all together. Right. Right. You know, yeah. it's.
0: It can really tie a face together.
1: It would be the time for him to bring it back. I mean, right. he's got right now with all the, the press and the, you know, it's, it's, it's his 15 minutes. It'd be the time to make bold choices.
0: Now, we're getting close to time here. I think we should try and offer just a little bit of advice for either current or up-and-coming hockey parents. Corey, what is the ideal time to shut it down in a hotel lobby in North Dakota?
2: Kyle, I just looked at what a Vaughn Dutch hat is, and it came up with a picture of Paris Hilton and the other one she was always with. I, I, I Nicole I Richie sure yeah let's yeah. go with that if uh, you guys need different.
1: useless pop culture guidance yeah it's me i'm your girl okay
2: okay i'm sorry <laughs> i saw it i will it's burned into my brain now i, I now do you know you don't feel i do not feel smarter from having seen this image but the proper answer to your question kyle is just like your mama said nothing good happens after midnight Ooh. <laughs> spicy kelly
1: well okay this is an interesting question because um moms or dads it does seem to be that moms round out about like 10 o'clock except for on an exceptionally squirrely night um dads midnight would be the appropriate time to wrap it up um but you know i've matt's come back as late as one two i think two maybe being the latest but uh it's the reward, you know, you, you spend all weekend with these children and they drive you nuts and then you actually get to have like social time with parents. So it's the payoff.
0: Now, Kelly, just to be a little controversial here, uh, it's been said sometimes by your husband that, uh, the, this dad group <laughs> here has done four or five solid years with the kids. So our time often <laughs> doesn't start till 10 or 10 30. Wow. Your
1: thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well. Maybe. I it de- depending on the weekend. We've had. We've had a very mom centered weekends, and we've had some dad ones. But I will say, the dads. The dads are pretty good, uh, and they do earn their their dad time in the lobby. I will. I will say that. But, um. Yeah. I. I agree. Usually, past midnight is when nothing good happens, or that everybody looks like a hot day hell at the arena the next morning. And our team is always really good for uh the 8 a.m. game. So or 7 30. We we have a knack for drawing that. So
2: follow-up question. Can you repeat that thing about how we burned it uh for later times I'm hanging <laughs> if you just hang on. I'm gonna turn the speakers on a little it's bit a little louder recording, and then like we're all your- set. Oh, good. We're recording this for posterity. Good, good. I just want to make sure my wife heard that I've earned something.
1: I, I, I agree. You know, I've always told Matt, it, we have two boys, no girls. And um, so that I do turn over the reins and I will say, had we had girls, I would have done um, all of the, the, the girl stuff gladly, but we have boys and you wanted to, to play hockey. So have at it. This was, this was the life you dreamed of. So <laughs>
2: Second follow-up clarification: Kyle did say, "What's the appropriate time?" He did not ask, "When do you actually shut it down?"
0: So right, he just it really Depends. Yeah, de- the de- Words de- I use yeah, depends very- on the
1: weekend. Depends on the group of dads.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Corey, you can uh, you can claim this entire podcast for CLE credit. Nice. <laughs> and any
2: particular uh, topic yeah. that we covered on today, CLE oh no just
0: only in only in the uh, in guam actually okay, um okay. so i think we'll leave I'm this part there too the parting question i'll leave you with that we'll answer in depth next time is what is the appropriate outfit for a hockey dad and a hockey mom summer hockey
1: just summer in generic hockey.
0: terms it
1: kind of depends what state you're in um, oh, the Minnesota. Minnesota hockey moms are notorious for the Louis Vuittons. Um, Very they, oh man, the Minnesota hockey moms get, they get pretty, pretty sparkly, but you know, North Dakota moms, I think you're looking at, you're looking at the Sorrels on the feet, the Lululemon on the legs and, you know, some sort of like North face, um, thermal, it's, it's a look, it's a uniform, you know, I mean, it's, uh, and you fall in line. Um, the dads that varies. Um, Matt thinks that on, on bench, foot apparel is Birkenstocks, and um, it's a controversial choice. But all fashion icons have to make them.
0: So, right, you know. Fair point, Corey. Uh, are we talking
2: dads in general or this dad? I want to make no, sure I know. Uh, the Other
0: other questions. dads, someone who other, has okay, other dad. It feels like that.
2: you should be wearing a pair of jeans and some black uh, attire on the top as a dad. Uh, you don't want to be wearing any of the actual team gear. You want to be unlabeled black clothing, uh, and so you want to be able to, so you'll fit in well on the corner of the ice, standing there with a face that could only disapprove of your child's play for at least three periods. <laughs>
1: And that is important etiquette for you though. Oh yeah. You, you can criticize your own kid. You can't yeah. criticize no. anybody else's kid. But your kid is fair game because you yeah. they're you're the reason they're here. So yeah.
2: if yeah. you come out of a hockey rink and you are happy with what your child has done, you probably <laughs> adopted that child. That's not your kid. <laughs>
1: that, that's not your child. Oh no.
2: you're no. very disappointed in those three goals, 12 assists, <laughs> and the fact that they played every minute of the game. They gotta <laughs> want it.
1: Right, exactly.
2: And that ref yep. was terrible, awful.
0: Every time. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah. the refs are always bad. Oh, They're brutal. never good, yeah. no. And it's always their
0: fault. Yep. Uh, plus like when 11 marriage.
1: year olds so get off the ice. And always
0: my fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is great. Big uh, big thank you to Pulltab Sports. Thank you to Corey and Kelly for a, a wide ranging and eclectic episode one. We'll be back before too long with episode two, where we'll cover things like how loud should you play ACDC's big balls and huh. what is the appropriate tailgate drink in April. Right. I'm getting yeah. real specific here, so yeah. leave, it, leave it at that. Real <laughs> leave glad there, you joined sure. us today. If you are a potential sponsor, Corey and I have excellent experience at very, very clever live reads. Yeah, If the Von Dutch people could get a hold of us right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's, that company goodness.
1: might have went under. I think there's an actual oh. Hulu documentary on oh, okay, the right, demise guy? of Von wow. Dutch.
2: Yeah. I Dang told it. you. I already had a catchphrase.
1: Pop culture knowledge right what's here. What's up?
0: Von Dutch. That's what's up. Okay. <laughs> right hey, look at that. Thank that one's pretty one, one Von They're huge Dutch.
1: in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So many good ones. We'll be back before too long. Thank you for joining us. You've been with us, North Dakota, after dark, which we actually recorded after dark.
2: After dark.